Hey, hey, this is Threes of Riot. This is Noelle, and I'm here with two special individuals. Oh, gee. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nicholas. I am her youngest brother. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Noel. I'm the second oldest, so I'm the middle one. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is already... It's already a riot. Hey guys, this is our podcast. This is what you have asked for. And so Merry Christmas again. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Here's what you can expect from us. So all three of us, obviously we're siblings. Um, We have over the span of seven years gotten to know each other that our parents decided it would take seven years for them to build a family. (laughs) So Nicholas and I are seven years apart. Noah and I are three years, three months weeks approximately 2030 minutes okay. apart and, <laughs> and this is our podcast that you have asked for and we're going to be talking about all things entrepreneurship all things relationship building all things family business mm-hmm. and doing that solving creative crises because that is where we thrive yeah. so without further ado roll the intro All right, Sibs. Now, I know some of you have realized that these two have made brief cameos in America to Me, mm-hmm. a show on a show on stars. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, show on stars about um, our high school experience at Oak Park River Forest High School. Uh-huh. Uh, I was just wondering, um, how, what was that like um, just going to that school and being documented? Um, uh, yeah, let's start with you, little bro, since uh-huh. you're about to graduate this year. Uh-huh. Thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, definitely, I think America to me was interesting uh, just because it was my freshman year. And so part of me is like, yeah, I lived this. But also um, there are so many other things that were going on. Obviously, like the documentary talks about a lot of the racial issues that um, are just a plague upon OPRF. And they've just been there forever. And we're just now talking about them. But that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> And so, I don't know, I thought it was really interesting, um, and it was definitely cool to see OPRF in a different light than how I had seen it as a freshman when I was sort of more focused on my work um, than anything else. So, yeah, that would be my opening statement, I guess, about it. What about you, Noah? <clears throat> I think it was, it was uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> because so much hasn't changed, mm-hmm. you know? So our parents moved to Oak Park. So of the three of us, I have lived the most places. So we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. And my parents decided, our parents decided, oh, let's, let's do Oak Park public schooling. Let's do Oak Park schools. And so... Um, you figure, well, I'm in Oak Park schools for this, you know, this bombshell mm-hmm. education, yet it's sad. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I mean, you look at certain, uh, for, I'll give you a perfect example. So I don't think, I think I was a junior or a senior <clears throat> when I really got to know more about our family heritage and just how 
eclectic it is and you know never really having a, a place at OP because there's some instances where you're not black enough mm-hmm. and there are other instances where you're not like Latino enough so it's like hmm, I wonder <laughs> so it's, it was sad to see that some things just had not changed mm-hmm. and but it was also interesting to see how I guess prime example so the achievement gap and I actually want you guys to shed some light on this I know mm-hmm. all of us for at least half of our high school career Nicholas is finishing his up we all graduated we'll be graduating from Opera have been in honors and AP classes mm-hmm. and I noticed that there were like two schools inside of one school mm-hmm. And how differently you're treated in an honors or AP class as opposed to a regular college prep class. So mm-hmm. I noticed that that was something I was outraged by when I was 16. And mm-hmm. to see almost, geez, almost 10 years later that that hasn't changed. If anything, there are people that have been emboldened in their ignorance. Mm-hmm. It's, I find it sad. But I, what do you guys think about how in your AP and honors classes, how differently you were treated? Um, in my personal opinion, um, the classes that weren't honors or AP were just full of like, uh, people that just wanted to fit in. You know, they wanted to, um, they wanted to make jokes, uh, make fun of it, because obviously the teachers are not taking you seriously, so why would you take the class seriously? Mm-hmm. So oh, that's, wow. that's, some of, that's some of the experience that I felt. Um, when I wasn't in honors classes, but once I got into honors, um, the teachers, you know, there, there are some good ones that actually took the class seriously and it was actually a joy to be, but, um, you know, if you were like, um, not a certain type of skin color or something like that, there's obviously going to be favoritism, mm-hmm. uh, which is sad to say that ha- that has not changed mm-hmm. at all. Um, so, in terms of that, I usually kept school clubs and, um, yeah, stuff like that just to distract me from all that, mm-hmm. um, mess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's, it's just sad. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I think the first honors class I was in, it was honors English. I was a sophomore, mm-hmm. um, but I was the only black boy in that class and, the, mm-hmm. um, only one of two people of color in that class. <laughs> And um, on the one hand, like, I was like, bruh, <laughs> this is actually, like, terrible. Because there, there are just, I don't know, there are so many smart people that I know that aren't necessarily in honors and AP classes. Um, but then I always say, like, you know, school only judges uh, a certain type of intelligence. Mm. Um, and there's, there's a lot of intelligence that you can't really see on a report card. Um, but that's, you know, that's what people um, assess for your future or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think I do better in my honors AP classes than like my regular track classes, just because I, um, I, I feel the weight of importance, which is what um, Noah just said. Really, I take it seriously because my teachers take it seriously, and they're not there to baby me. They're there to, yeah. you know, make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but letting me do it myself. Yeah. Um, as opposed to a college prep class where. You know, if I slack off, then I know maybe this teacher might help me out, but it's it's not really high pressure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
I agree 100%. I, I, I did my best work in honors in AP classes. Mm-hmm. Simply because of the investment of the teacher. Mm-hmm. And it was also, and I don't know if you guys agree with it, but it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Like it was, uh, oh, I really yeah. get to utilize mm-hmm. where my gifts are and I get to be challenged in that so that I can grow. Whereas college prep, it was just like, no, it was saying like people, you know, the typical high school type. Let me just fit in. <laughs> Let me just crack a joke that's not really funny, but actually kind of sexist. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> You know, um, so I I think America to me definitely for me was sad because it was like, dang, it, things really haven't changed. And I remember so much of my experience. And I like the fact that all three of us went at different times. Mm-hmm. We were never at OPRF at the same time. So our experiences are really, truly ours. Um, and I mean, I just appreciate that. You know, we could we can share something like this that has now been you know televised. I get asked by people all the time that have no idea what OPRF is about. Like, oh my gosh, is that is that real? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, you know, unfortunately, there are some things that are extremely true. Um, mm-hmm. Four of the students that were highlighted, I coached, mm-hmm. which is why I was. You want to give them names? Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy <laughs> Charles. What up, uh-huh. Charles? <laughs> Shanti, Jada. Um, you guys are three. I'm trying to think of. There's so many students. You know what? Before, shout out to you guys. Big love, big love. Love you guys. It was interesting that they didn't highlight any white students. That's true. Until the second half of the season. I just found that interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the big the big to do with the achievement gap because I know for a fact none of the three of us contributed to to that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And so what Nicholas is saying about the school catering to a certain kind of intelligence, I believe, is a hundred percent true. And I think we need to do better because you cannot just base intelligence on a rubric. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to the human mind, and I just found that really sad. Um, it was also interesting to see Principal Rouse, Nathaniel Rouse, and his uh, choice not to be interviewed. Bruh. I was like, Bruh, what do you have to hide, bald-headed man? <laughs> like- so Mr. Rouse has been a principal at OPRF for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that... Mr. Rouse was the principal either my freshman or sophomore year. So, you know, we kind of grew up with the first black principal at OPRF. Mm-hmm. I have the trapeze here because I don't want to misquote yes. Mr. Nathaniel. Shout out to Manny Flores. <laughs> first important trapeze this year. So I, uh, I love reading. You guys don't know me. I absolutely love to read. And I love reading papers. But I just wanted to say, shout out to Mr. Rouse. I thought it was an interesting choice for him not to be interviewed. But reading his open letter um, brought some clarity to the decision. And I respect it. Mm -hmm. I respect it. I'm going to paraphrase here. Um... But pretty much, Mr. Ross, he says, America to me is a snapshot of our school in a moment in time. 
There are moments when we look good. There are moments when we look bad. There are times when we look worse. So I completely agree with that. I think it opened up with, you know, Mr. Rouse having the the assembly where only, was it only black students that were allowed? Mm -hmm. Only minorities. Okay, so only POC was allowed. And I remember the outrage in media and they were like how could the principal do that and i'm thinking are you kidding me do y'all not (laughs) do y'all not see how first of all the the actual staff in terms of the teachers do not match the student body at all Mm -hmm. that's true you know what i'm saying so where else are students of color supposed to you know get that type of camaraderie Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. not maybe it was a, a bit extreme but i (laughs) (laughs) with the privilege is threatened (laughs) or under attack my chest (laughs) (laughs) so shout out to Mr. Rouse I just he to paraphrase and I highly recommend that people this would be online in an archive but I highly recommend people read um, his decision he just felt that you know the producer was painting OPRF in a certain kind of light, mm-hmm. which I agree. As we just said, you didn't really see any white students highlighted until long after people stopped watching. People were like, I watched like the first three episodes. I watched <laughs> the first five episodes. I saw like 30 minutes of the first episode. <laughs> and not even getting the full effect of, you know. And then I was curious to know, what's the point of airing this now? Mm-hmm. Is it just to expose what we already know? <laughs> Is there a solution? That's true. Mm-hmm. So it's funny I asked so one of my one of my best friends from high school, shout out to to Annie Riles who actually works there now. That's right. Annie and I work there in different capacities. So I'm a co-sponsor of the Spoken Word Club. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Spoken Word Club, mm-hmm. Papa Khan, mm-hmm. Mr. Adam Levin. Mm-hmm. And Annie is there. Uh, I actually love what she does there for her students. And I asked her, I said, what do you think needs to change? Like, what's the solution? You know what she said? Mm-hmm. The, the staff has to match the student body. Mm-hmm. You can't expect for as just traditional education. Period. Like it's it's a flawed system, guys. Are are people gonna be mad at this? I feel like. How dare she? Our our parents are educators. They have five degrees between the two of them, Bruh. and we just come from educated people. Mm-hmm. But our traditional school school system is flawed mm-hmm. and i asked annie she said we need faculty that matches the student body and not just the janitors and security guards and i said facts because mm-hmm. that's when you see people of color in the school mm-hmm. they clean up after the kids they make sure the kids stay in line i thought that was always you know petty mm-hmm. moment of silence for the pettiness <laughs> <laughs> um yeah guys so that that those were our thoughts and feelings when we saw America to me um so, yeah however from that guys mm-hmm. we have to take the good with the bad mm-hmm. right yeah 
what do you think has shaped your life to this point? Noah is going to be graduating from St. Xavier University. Nicholas will be graduating from OPRF. I'm no longer an undergrad. So what do you what do you guys think about what you're able to take from your experience at a school like Oak Park River Forest into your life? Well, being that I am, I went to St. Xavier because the school was so large mm. and so big. And it wasn't, it's not even that far from here. It's like two hours away, but it's still like a busy commute. Um, but from what I learned at OPRF with the student body and the way they treat students, I've been like, uh, been pretty selective about the professors that I actually take courses in. Because mm-hmm. uh, there, there's, only, there's only a handful of teachers that I actually liked when I went to OPRF mm-hmm. and that actually took me seriously. When I go to St. Xavier, uh, since you're almost practically an adult at this uh, at this point, you're allowed the freedom to actually um, set up your own schedule. Mm-hmm. Your advisor gives you the um, the rundown of what you need in order to graduate, but there's still certain professors that you may want, and uh, some professors uh, you're not. For example, uh, I need to take a history course on like world world history, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, prof- the professor was okay, but, however, um, if I had a problem or anything like that, I could just email them and, uh, just, like, get it straightened out. Mm-hmm. And, or I'll just, okay, sorry, I'm gonna have to drop your course because I don't like the way you're treating students. Mm-hmm. Or Please. I just, or so I crazy. just don't, <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the way you're, um, teaching the course because yeah. it's not, it's nonsensical. Nonsensical, Bruh. ladies and gentlemen. That Noah David Barry. You stink. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was a transition going to a smaller school. Yeah. With le- with less teachers, so um, and less and a less student body. That's true. Um, but I found it was easier to make friends because since there's not that many people there, even though you like you you practically have to see them every single day. Mm. Even mm. if they, even if they are not technically in the same classes as you, you so can tell have to see them tell day. our listeners what are you majoring in? I have a computer studies major. And how does that? Because we are a family business. Mm-hmm. How does that add value or provide value rather to the to the business? Well, since we predominantly yeah, since we predominantly work in a tech company, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's actually owned by one of the most tech-savvy people. Mm. Uh, I forgot what his name was. Bruh. No, you're <laughs> so, so bad. Fake fan. Oh my gosh. What is his so, name? So, real quick. So, we uh, as a family run on an operating tech-based financial firm. Mm-hmm. And our mentor and the man who really had the guts to be like, <laughs> you get a business. You get a business. Uh, his name is Patrick Bet Davis. So shout out to you, there PBD. You mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Noah in here wilding. Oh yeah. It was a brain fart. It was just a brain fart. So um, you're a brain so, fart. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you if you know the the show Kim Possible, yeah. Noah is the Wade. To Mike impossible. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. I say, what's the what switch? am I? 
Am I Rufus? Not Rufus. <laughs> Rufus is raw. Don't play games. I would say that you. Well, both of you together are definitely the tweebs, except you're not. You're bogus. No, <laughs> but the they tweebs? they were brilliant. Did you not see the Kim Possible yeah, episode like, of the future? I don't, I don't feel like we were that annoying. <laughs> moment of Maybe silence for this naivete. <laughs> <laughs> I, I anyway, anyway, so I, I totally agree with what Noah said about taking his experience up here up into the, the undergrad world. I went to Columbia College Chicago after figuring out where I wanted to go to college. I actually, guys, did not want to go to college. Bruh, shocker. I did not. I <sighs> Because I just wanted to so I'm a triple threat um, mm-hmm. by gifting and write as well. But that means that I act, I sing, and I dance, and I do all three. And it's intense. It's mm-hmm. an intensive, you know, I don't know what you would call it. It's not necessarily a curriculum. But, like, it's intense. You have to be able to do all three and do all three with excellence. So that's what I wanted to do. And mom and dad were like, No. you're going to college and I was like I don't want to go to college and they're like well how do you expect to you know find a job and I'm like I don't even think I'm supposed to have a job to be frank I Mm -hmm. think I'm supposed to be creating jobs I don't think what I'm supposed to be doing even really exists yet Uh and I've I've been this way my whole life I've been a weirdo my entire life. I think there was something wrong with you. Oh my gosh. I started to notice when I was four. Ah, when you were four? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, I made a decision. um, Instead of going to, obviously there there are AMDA, there's Juilliard, there's NYU. There are many great institutions. I wanted to go somewhere that would allow me to own my work as I was matriculating through school because you weren't just about to have me pay tuition to go to your school mm-hmm. to not own the work. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind? Like that was <laughs> So I went to Columbia College Chicago and I had a lot of connections that graduated from the school that were doing and are still doing extremely well in their respective careers. And when I was in OPRF like I said, you gotta take the good with the bad. I actually had an opportunity to do a lot of things that most kids my age didn't get to do. Mm. So I'm, I am one of the youngest in my class, if not the youngest, because my birthday's in August. Toddler. Relax. <laughs> and so I just remember um, because I was, because I was, you know, when I was a freshman, uh, Peter Kahn made me a captain of a spoken word team. It's my second showcase. I thought he was insane. I still struggle with stage fright. But at that time in my life, I was like, a captain? Catch me. Are you insane? (laughs) And PK said, "Um, no, you can do it. You have have leadership capabilities that I've never seen in someone so young. So Mm -hmm. shout out to him for mining that, I guess. Mm -hmm. And was a captain of the entire club just a you know a pillar of the club from being a freshman but that allowed me to perform in the taste of chicago it allowed me to film it allowed me to uh, step into spaces like goodman theater and steppenwolf and chicago shakes and pretty much every major theater that you could think of in the city of chicago mm-hmm. i have worked with 
done work in and it really started at OPRF like you have your certain handful of teachers I think at OPRF that really look out for you as a person mm-hmm. and see or want to help facilitate the process of who you're becoming mm-hmm. before you leave the school so Mr. Khan is definitely one of those people and it's awesome that I get to work with him now mm-hmm. you know as a co-sponsor side by side because that's my guy um, also shout out to Mr. Devon Alexander that's my dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was Tracy Strimple who left the year. Did she leave? She, le- she left my freshman year. Cool. <clears throat> so sad. I realize that you, listener, darling listener, have no idea who these people are. But I just want you to know <laughs> that they exist mm-hmm. um, and do incredible work. So... I think for me, when I was an undergrad, I definitely took the experiences that I had in high school and I know that I did not want to repeat them. Mm-hmm. And that I just wanted to be disciplined and focus on the craft. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, and it ended up, you know, the way that um, the Lord had it set was that, okay, take all of this now and start a business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And... Yeah. So, Freddie, what do you think? I mean, you you got in, you got into your top pick. I did. University of Iowa. I what did. up? You got into Wisconsin Madison. Uh, no, I didn't. No. Uh, not yet. I applied. <laughs> We're gonna see. We're going to uh, um, pretend you didn't hear bro. that. <laughs> you uh, got into DePaul. I did, and they gave me money, which is always nice. College yeah. is expensive, guys. It is. Um, shout out to everyone that has been like doing their college apps and doing their FAFSA, like. We seniors need more recognition for doing that because it's, it's a lot of work. so much. It's so much. And there's just a lot piled onto that. Like, this first semester was one of the best semesters of school I've ever had. Like, just being honest, but that's only because I really was focused because I'm usually not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is, like, it's crazy. I will say that, like, at OPRF, like, what my sister was saying, the... The best part about OPRF is the extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I think it was mom was talking about this this woman she met. And um, this woman, like her son goes to OPRF with me. Um, and he does like nothing there. Like her, his mom really exposed him. She was like, yeah, he doesn't do anything. He's not part of any clubs or anything. And I was just like, why would oh, you do are that? You surviving? <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? I mean, um, I remember when I was a freshman and I was like first getting into OPRF, like I, I didn't, I was adamantly against joining a club like at all. I was like, I'm just going to come here and do my work um, and just try my best to have the most miserable time on earth. Um, but what ended up happening was I um, went to Spoken Word for the, I think it was the second meeting of the year, my freshman year. Um, and I like really liked it. I still have the same seat like in the back of the room because I don't want anyone to be like looking at me. Um, but I've been really performing poetry and doing all that stuff and writing poetry and really coming to, into myself um, in that sense Lit. through poetry. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's definitely helped me develop more as a person than any of the schoolwork that I've had to do over the Amen. past four years. Um, and I don't know, I've met like some of my really, really close friends um, through Spoken Word and I care about y'all so much. Shout out to, you know, all my peeps. Lit. I'm not gonna list y'all right now because I'm gonna y'all. forget someone. <laughs> There's gonna be shade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I would say 
finding what you're good at is the the biggest part of both high school and college. Mm -hmm. You need to find that, be it in school or not in school, you need to find that space where you can excel in what you're good at. Um, And if you don't find that, then you're just kind of wasting your time, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I totally agree. Perfect segue. So... Noah, Nicholas, and I, like I said, we thrive in, in creativity. Our genius, I believe, is really planted there. I think Noah's more so in analytics and things that Nicholas and I do not understand. <laughs> I don't do numbers. <laughs> um, however, so recently we, we made a decision at the end of 2017. I had really been um, praying. We're praying family, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had really been praying and asking God, like, where else should I go to church? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. crazy because I never thought that I would leave the church that we grew up in. Another conversation for another podcast. But, <laughs> but um, long story abbreviated, one of my best friends from college got married summer of 2017. Those who are now pastors officiated that ceremony. And I just felt, I just got the strongest impression that the Lord was really like, you need to figure out where it is that they go to church. And so then I asked the boys, I said, guys, do you guys want to stay where you are? Do you guys want to make a move? And we had, we had visited other churches before. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a, you know, Mm -hmm. an arbitrary (laughs) village. Um, and so we ended up at now uh, Oasis Church Chicago, which is located in Pilsen, and the Lacuna Lops will come worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m., shameless plug, whatever. <laughs> and we were asked this spring to write a piece together, Project Pure Gold. I think it's the first piece that we have written together mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, such a struggle. It was, let me tell you. So... For those of you who write or kind of like writing or kind of like poetry, like a lot of people are scared of poetry, I think, because they don't understand it, Mm -hmm. which I understand. I studied Shakespeare for seven years, and for the first three of those seven years, I was annoyed. Like, why do you need so many words to convey? (laughs) Now, though, I absolutely love William Shakespeare and his legacy that he left um, for playwrights and for poets alike. But since Nicholas and I primarily write a lot, Nicholas writes exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. Thanks. He does. <laughs> yes, she um, And we were asked to open a sermon series about wisdom with a piece that is called Project Pure Gold. Mm-hmm. And that was so interesting <laughs> because we work so differently we work so different we write differently like i write everybody thinks this is strange just the way i write i come up with like the meat of a piece and work from the middle out blasphemous i feel like <laughs> nobody does <laughs> it's just me that's just how i do but well, i'm normal i write from beginning to end <laughs> i'm normal <laughs> but how do you guys think because I, I think it was that process mm-hmm. where you started, you, the listener, started asking, can you guys please do a podcast and talk about the creative process and what that was like? Mm-hmm. So I'll, mine's just real brief. Okay. I like working. I work very well with other people mm-hmm. um, because it helps me get a clear picture of what's happening in 
people's minds. So I like working well with other people, like, you know, uh, games that involve teamwork, like something as simple as like a three-legged race or anything like that. I, I excel and I do really well in that. So I thought it was cool. I also thought it was cool that I got to write with the two of you and then we got to perform it and memorize it and go back and revise and re-revise and re-revise. It's all writing is. It's just re-revisions constantly. So I thought that was super dope. What did you guys? Um, well, I personally, I, I was, it was the, the writing portion of the piece was easier for me. Um, just because in spoken word, we're always like facilitating group pieces, um, and I'm constantly surrounded by new people and getting to know them and hearing their poetry and then um, incorporating like a performance with it. Um, so that part would just sort of came naturally to me, I guess. What I found like the most interesting um, was like performing in front of our church congregation <laughs> because yeah. it's a definitely it's performing poetry of, around or for people that like aren't necessarily into poetry or have any idea what it is yeah. is so much different than like performing it in front of actual poets that will like that will like you know snap for you and be like yes yeah. and then no snaps when you're just looking out into the abyss of the congregation and they're just like blank face and just abyss. like <laughs> i know you know what i thought right before noah goes i thought it was so interesting that we i think for at least two weeks after there was immediately after the service that people would come up to us and be like, that was amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. And then people would hit me up. You guys hit me up on, on the gram all the time. And I love you for it because Instagram is like lit. It's my favorite social media platform. No lie. And people were just like, that was amazing. It was inspiring. Like I felt it. And it's interesting because we go to a multicultural church. So there's a lot of different cultures there. And like, we're loud, okay? Bruh. Like, <laughs> uh, POCs, people call it POC. We tend to be very outwardly expressive. So, um, I just felt, I thought it was really cool. Like, to, oh, what are you going to do when you get to heaven and you've never experienced it before and people are loud and you're like, oh, clutch my pearls. <laughs> Clutching <laughs> Um, so Noah, what did you think about the project? Especially since you, even though PK approached you to do spoken word, you actually never did it. Like you did rebellious. <laughs> you did the class slams and things like that, but mm -hmm. you didn't actually do the club. So how did you think? What did you think about the process? Oh, I think this was like a. It was me flexing my creative muscle. Ooh, flex, oh, flex! Hit him with a flex, <laughs> real quick. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, um, I was inspired to do this because of PK, because he taught us a lot. Not just like, he actually, he's one of the teachers that actually made reading fun. Mm, shout Thank out to Peter Kahn. Shout out to Great Song. Yes. He is my Jewish father, just so y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> um, just by like using um, striking words, uh, just to like express what we felt about the book. Mm -hmm which is basically what we did for uh, this book of the Bible on wisdom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I appreciated all the feedback that Oasis Church gave us because we had to do it in like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we had to, we had to write, rewrite, <laughs> revise, revise, revise for two weeks while we were doing all this other yes. stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that we were able to like memorize all of that and like get through, and get through it. I was impressed with us, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. And shout out to, to, to Rachel and JP. I love y'all so much mm -hmm. um, for 
they're so patient. I don't think I've ever met a more patient couple. Um, so patient. We were having like health issues in between. Like Noah was struggling. Yeah. We'd be on a FaceTime call and Noah's like, just you go on without me. So Nah, I think that was dope, and it was from that piece that we did that people, you know, can y'all please do a podcast? Do a podcast. I don't think they asked it like that. <laughs> in my mind, so, in my mind, that's how I was asked. Could y'all do a podcast? So this is the podcast. What you guys can really expect from us, like we said before, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about our uh, creative process, um, our. Our, our vibes together. We're, we're actually this close. Like, this is not a gimmick. Mm-hmm. A lot of people be shook. They're like, are y'all actually uh, this mm-hmm. close? And I'm like, yeah, we are. I mean, I guess. We're y'all definitely okay. <laughs> we're definitely siblings. Like, we definitely disagree at least twice, three times a day. Yeah. Frequently. Yeah. Excuse me? We disagreed on our way here to, sh- to record this. Um. <laughs> that's because you were walking too slow. That's, See? That's we go. Right. That's here a whole different discussion. Here we go. So anyway, that's what you can expect from us. If you have anything specifically that you would like us to discuss, we'd be more than happy to discuss it. We primarily are just really going to talk about what it's like to be siblings together in business. And this is a new business. Mm-hmm. It will be three years for us in May, which I'm really excited about. We're getting through our terrible twos, mm-hmm. and we're geeked. We're going to have guests share the space with us, and we're going to be here once a month. Mm-hmm. You can expect to hear from us once a month. Obviously, with school happening, with business happening, we gonna be all over the place, you know what I'm saying? However, you can follow us on our socials. Uh, you can follow me on, on Instagram at Noel underscore Aisa. You can follow Nicholas at um, MB Drawmaster Eight. I should probably change that because it's old, but that's what it is. He's going to change it. Stand by. <laughs> you can follow Noah at Barry underscore Brilliance. Barry Brilliance. Oh. Yep. So we are three fifths of the Barry Five. We will be here once a month. We will have special guests as well, but we'll prepare you for it. Stay tuned to our socials. We, I actually, will be in San Antonio, Texas this time. Well, not necessarily this time exactly next month, but Mm -hmm. the third week of January, I'll be in San Antonio, Texas for our regional convention. Stay tuned for that because it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to those of you who will be with us, actually, because they're actually listening right now. We will be... Well, not right now, because we're talking. Well, it's but, being pre Okay, but okay. But, but I'm saying for the... Okay. You have to... Continue. The... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about YouTube channels that are dropping, because that's happening. It's been such a struggle to get that to drop. Mm-hmm. I've been so frustrated with that, however... Oh my <laughs> However, it is happening. So this is just a way for us to, this is how we actually discuss life. Mm-hmm. You just, we just have, you know, another listener in on it, but this is actually what we talk about. It started off with a jar where we put ID. You guys remember that? Yeah. The idea jar I for brain The genius jar for brain oh, poops. See, I didn't, I didn't give it the wrong name. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. We call it the genius jar for brain poops, and we, brain poops, not to be confused with brain farts. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. You're going to get that from me a lot. Fully formed thoughts. A fully formed, healthy thought to put into action. Because, y'all, maybe this is a little gross. Okay. I don't care. This is how we talk. But (laughs) uh, it all started with that. Now we have a podcast dropping. This is our last project we're doing together before, wow, before the end of the year. So we'll be back here in January. Yeah. Probably when I get back from Tejas. Texas. So, Dios te bendiga. We love you guys. Any any final thoughts? Um, Oh, yes. Um, Also, if any poets out there want to come find us and read their work, feel free. Please do. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot that. Thank uh, you, Jerry. Yeah, I'll also be reading like some of my poetry that I work on, Mm -hmm. Um, and also drawing challenges. For those of you that draw, I have a lot of artist friends, um, and we're not going to talk about what happened this Inktober because I slacked. <laughs> but, um, if you, if, you know, give us ideas about like stuff you would want to draw or like see other people's work on. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is definitely going to be a, a place where we can facilitate and just put all the creativity out there. For those of you guys who are in marketing as well, if you're figuring out how to do social media in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Definitely hit us up. Let us know. We're definitely going to be facilitating that process for you guys. As Nicholas said, we'll be sharing our work. We have campaigns and things like that that you guys will probably get to hear, I guess, bare bones of. And we get feedback on it before it becomes the final product mm-hmm. itself. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome. Mm, roll that outro music. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. We love you. Love you guys. Bye. Peace. We'll figure out an outro, I guess. Bruh. Because this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love right. that we're still here. I know. Still here. Still here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Peace, guys. All right, this is Mike Check One. If everybody just speak how we would normally speak, that would be great. So, Noah, go ahead. This is Mike Check One. This is Mike Check Two. This is Noah Berry coming at you. Ooh, gross. Fernando. What up, foe? You can't. Ow. No gang affiliations on the podcast. <laughs> I went. Oh <laughs> no, I was looking no at this thing. No blanket on your mouth either. But I was looking at this thing, mm-hmm. and there's like um, this DC villain called Brother Blood, or it might be a different villain. But then somebody in the comic section was like, how is there a Brother Blood, but not a Brother Crip? And I literally died. <sighs> We're going to end this now. <laughs>